OTL Radio welcomes you to this episode of Understanding Business, a weekly radio program focused around business and personal development topics. The program is hosted by nationally recognized business attorney Peter Lamont and is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and Associates. As always, we welcome input and feedback from you, the listener, and we encourage you to join in the conversation by calling the live program at 347-855-8831 or by contacting us via our social media sites. Links to our various sites are listed on our main website, utlradio.com. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, This is episode 88, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Rick Garrity, a professional photographer. Uh, Rick is a professional photographer. He's based in the New York, New Jersey metro area, and he's got over 25 years of experience. He specializes in people, product, location photography throughout the U.S. and Canada, and he has a very, very um, vast client list. His clients include BMW, Canon, IBM, Panasonic, Sony, and many more. Uh, He's also had the pleasure of photographing celebrities like Paul Newman, Sylvester Stallone, Danica Patrick, Kevin Smith, Bruce Willis, and and many more. So um, we're very happy to have him on. He's also an instructor at uh, Unique which is a uh, photography, one of the, the, it's, I think it's the largest photography um, store in New Jersey. So we're happy to have him on. Before I introduce Rick, I just want to thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks on the Internet. Audible has a massive library of more than 100,000 audio programs. Audible is providing our listeners with an exclusive offer. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash utlradio. And you can download a free audiobook, no strings attached. So, for example, you could download a book like How to Set Up Photography Lighting for a Home Studio by Amber Richards absolutely for free simply by using that exclusive link that's provided to our listeners. So, again, it's audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio. Get your free book. I also want to remind everybody that your feedback is so important. It really allows us to provide you with the best guests, information, and content possible. So please let us know what you think of today's show and any of our other programs by posting on our social media pages, which include Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, or by emailing us directly at info at utlradio.com. Links to all of our social media pages are found at the top of our website, utlradio.com. If you'd like to ask Rick a question or join in today's discussion, call into the switchboard at 347-855-8831. And I also want to thank everybody who submitted questions for Rick throughout the week. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get through as many of them as we can, but we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, And finally, at the end of today's show, Rick is going to be discussing a special opportunity for veterans who may have an interest in photography, and he's also going to be providing you with his contact information if you'd like to learn more about him or about photography. Rick, welcome to the show, and thank you very much for being on today. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure being on. So today we're going to talk about photography as a business because I think that there's there's just a general misconception about the world of photography. There are so many little intricacies with photography, what you can do, what you can't do, how you start a business, when you decide to go pro, and we're going to go through all of those issues. But to get everybody started, Rick, you know, people are interested in your background. Can you give us a little background about yourself and how you got started in photography? Well, I've, I've always 
always uh, enjoyed taking pictures. Uh, my mother, you know, took a lot of pictures in the family, and I kind of followed in her footsteps and grabbed the camera and, and started doing it. But my background is actually in criminal justice. So I, I don't have a degree in photography, uh, but I got very involved in it early on and um, just started doing it more. I did it the more I liked it and um, wound up um, doing it as a as a as a profession in probably 19... 1983, I actually started, you know, professionally, and um, I've been doing it ever since, and, and I absolutely love it. I think it's a great, a great opportunity to express yourself, and also to, and that we'll get into this too, is is helping others with lots of other with disabilities as well. So, right, it's it's something I really love, and I'm I'm just glad that I I do it every day. It's uh, it's better than having a real job. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. important because I think so many people. They get involved in a career that they don't really like, but they think it's the right thing to do because their mom said be an accountant, that sort of thing, um, and, and to find a passion. But what's so great about you know your story is that you took a passion and you've made a really successful business out of it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. One thing that you mentioned, which is interesting because it actually is um, has been questioned, a lot of questions have come in on it, you said that you're not... Um, educated or formally trained through school as a photographer, your background's in criminal justice. And that's a major question that I see all the time. How, you know, what does it take to be a professional? Is it my camera? Is it education? Is it life experience? So what, is it, what does it mean to be a pro? Well, the te technical term, once you're a professional photographer, you actually make your living at, at being a photographer. So that, that generates you as a, as a pro. Um, photography is is it's interesting because you can't really lie. You can't tell somebody you're a really great photographer and then show them lousy pictures. So you really have to work at the at the the art and and get better at it every day. And it's something that you you can't just say yes, I'm a photographer and and stop there. You have to just continue to learn. Technology right now is is just remarkable, and it's actually a great time to to actually become a photographer because you can only better yourself because digital, first of all, your experiments are free and you can better yourself just by practicing and experimenting with all kinds of things. And the internet is a great tool because like you were saying before, there's so many things that you can download and you can look at to get instruction and, um, you know, setting up a business. That's a whole other story. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, basically a corporate advertising photography and I do a lot of documentary work and um, it's difficult if you're out there and you're going to become a photographer that's going to deal with the general public say you know a wedding photographer or portraits or, or, or events and things like that that's pretty tough I mean my clients are, are corporate so it's a little easier for me um, so you know I mean I give people a lot of credit for going out and trying, but you really have to think about it and you really have to plan it before you actually consider yourself trained enough, first of all, to be taking someone's money for your services. And, you know, you have to have a portfolio that's that's good. You have to be able to know how to take pictures and how to recreate the same picture over and over and get out of sticky situations. You can't just throw up your hands at a wedding. It's a one-time deal. Right. So, you know, I really would suggest, uh, you know, to anyone who thinks about photographing somebody's very important event, unless you really know what you're doing, uh, I wouldn't do it until you actually learn a little more. 
know, before you actually consider yourself a pro and start passing out business cards and, and taking people's money. Right. But the important part, I think, is that you don't necessarily need to go to school to have a degree in photography. You know, it seems as though you can learn, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because uh, it's it's like anything else. I mean, a, a degree is going to give you, you – know, it's going to give you all the technical things and all the, all the different aspects of photography, but it's not necessarily going to give you all that experience and all that practice. So, I mean, you should you should research as much as you can about photography, learn all the technical things that you would learn in school, and then use your life experience to go out and, and just photograph things, everything, and understand how light works and how how your your equipment works and and just because you go out and you buy a really expensive camera is certainly not going to make you a better photographer if you don't have the eye if you don't have the know-how you need to have that first and then you can start getting better equipment but yeah, just funny. owning a, a great yeah owning a great camera is not going to make you uh, you know, it's not going to make a better photographer. You can still, I can take really lousy images on a very good camera. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You need to have the eye and the, and the know-how. Right, and it's so funny because, you know, you go to some of these family outings and you see somebody with all this camera equipment, they have no idea what they're doing, but they've got top-of-the-line stuff, and then the images they produce, you know, are, are no good. So, you know, having that equipment is meaningless if you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, education in the photography world, there are so many classes. Uh, uh, you know, Unique Photo, for one, offers lots of classes. I, I, won't, I won't say too much more about that. We'll talk about that at the end. But it's, it's very, very important for you to, to understand. If you buy a great camera, that's all well and good, but you really, really have to know how to use it. And, and there's lots of different ways you can do that, and the Internet is a great place to do it. There's lots of different stuff online that you can look up and pick out really, really Know, good tips on how to do you know do your best at, at the photography and then and practicing is I can't even begin to tell you how important practicing is but you need to know the numbers in the camera and what they mean in order for you to be able to create certain looks and and be able to get yourself in and out of sticky situations all right, so the first step, really, for those people who are listening, um, who, who want to be a professional, who want to make their living or make money doing this, you know, while you don't necessarily need formal education, you do need to know what you're doing. And whether you learn from going to uh, something like Classes at Unique, where Rick can instruct you, or whether you download information for the Internet or take correspondence courses, well, you don't need a degree. You certainly need to know the technical aspects of what you're doing. Now, once you have that, then, you know, the next logical step is, all right, now I want to start making money. So now I'm going to put up a shingle, as they say, get a business card made up, and I'm going to go out and start advertising myself. And, and you know, from, from a legal standpoint, that can be a very, very dangerous situation if you don't do things right from the beginning. And that includes everything from starting a company. Um, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts on somebody who wants to turn pro and starting a company and trying to protect themselves through, you know, whether they're an LLC or, or, you know, an incorporated entity, what do you think about that versus people who don't do anything? They're just going to go out there and, and take people's money. Well, I think, I think that if you don't create an LLC or a corporation, you're, you're in very dangerous water 
these days, legally, you can be held responsible for a lot of things. Um, I'm a corporation. I know a lot of people that are LLCs. Uh, when I first started, LLCs weren't really as popular as they are right now. Um, definitely not just a website and business cards constitute having a business because you need to have insurance. I mean, my clients, if I go into New York City and I go to photograph a you know, inside of a building somewhere. This happened to me recently. Um, I walked in, and and they wouldn't let me upstairs without a certificate of insurance. So yeah. if I'm not if I'm not up to par on all these things, I mean, there's a lot of things that you're just not going to be able to do. And even from a wedding standpoint, I mean, if you're photographing someone's wedding, and you know, for some reason, you know, you have a light stand or you have an assistant that, you know, someone trips over or, you know, something very, very simple. You can be sued for it. So you need to have insurance. You need to, to do their things the right way. You need to set up an official business, whether it be an LLC or whether it be a corporation, but you just have to do something to protect yourself for sure. Yeah, it's it's so important. And what you said is is, I think, something that people overlook because I think when people think about photography, they automatically think of portraits and, and wedding photography. But you're making your career out of commercial, corporate work, which is which is great. But people don't really realize. You walk into a building and they want to see your certificate of insurance. I, I think that that's something that people overlook. So, you know, in, in this insurance discussion, let's talk for a second. Because some of the questions that we received deal with insurance. What type of insurance? What do I insure? You know, do I insure my equipment? Do I not? What is liability? Like, what is the purpose of liability insurance? So, for yourself, what do you insure? Do you insure your equipment? Yeah, I, I mean, I have everything insured. I have, I have, uh, you know, a four million dollar liability policy. So, if I'm I'm going into a, a building or something, I'm, I have liability for any damages that I may do in that building. I drop a light or I break something. I, I I'm covered with that. I'm covered if someone is hurt. I'm also, my equipment obviously is, is all covered. So in case it gets damaged, stolen, whatever, that's all taken care of as well. I mean, a business is a business. You really have to cover it from, from basically from soup in order for you to be uh, a, a really official business. Now, a lot of the, speaking of wedding photographers and insurance, now a lot of the venues that you're going to photograph now uh, will require the photographer to have a certificate of insurance in order to work in their venue. So even even a it could be a a, a bar mitzvah as well. You know anything you're going into someone else's place and you're classified as the professional photographer. Uh, most of the places now are requiring you to produce a certificate of insurance. So again, it's something that's very very important to have. Yeah, and I think that you have to exactly what you said. I mean, this is. You're artists. Photographers are artists. It's an art form. But when you take that art form and you start taking money for your art, you need to start thinking about the business end of your art. And really become two separate things. You're an artist and you're a business owner. I think that that, unfortunately, is lost on a lot of people. You can't just be one or the other. You need to be both. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would very much like to just not even think about the business part of it and just go out and have fun, take pictures and do whatever and just not even have to worry about it. But in in the legal world, there's so many people that um, will 
complain. They'll sue. I've, I've read several articles, you know, about people being sued about weddings. Uh, they weren't happy with their photographers, so they're just not, not that they're not going to pay them. It's just that they want, now they want, you know, restitution. They want to sue them for, you know, ruining their day and not getting the images and, you know, all different things. So, yeah, yeah you really, uh, in this, you really have to think about it as a business as well as your your art form. I mean, if you're successful enough to have people on staff or if you want to have people on staff that can handle that end of it, that's great. But if not, you really have to, uh, you really have to make sure you you're got yourself either, I mean, I have an accountant and I have several different people, uh, you know, a law firm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different um, organizations that you can belong to, Professional Photographers of America, um, the uh, National Press Photographers Association. They offer you, uh, Professional Photographers of America, they offer an insurance policy. They offer, um, you know, equipment insurance as well as uh, a limited liability. If you're a member, uh, the NPPA, uh, the same type of thing. They're, they're a press photographer association, so if you get in trouble in another country, if you're photographing something, they'll have some legal representation that will will help you out. So these are all other things that you need to look into as a pro to figure out you know where you want to be. You don't want to just have a website and a business card because in this day and age, that's just not gonna uh, that's just gonna be trouble. You're gonna wind up regretting that big time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just just back to the insurance. If you're a photographer, if you're taking a, a, a photographer of, of models and people that you're going to use on a regular basis, there's even certain um, requirements concerning workers' compensation insurance, and there's so many elements that you need to focus on. Do you have, you know, sort of a, a professional liability policy? Do you have a, a general liability policy? And those are things that, as you said, I mean, you're you're doing this the right way, and you've been doing this for so long. But I think people can really learn a lot from what you're saying. You do need to have a team, whether you have a staff of employees or not. You need to be able to have a lawyer, an accountant, a broker, an insurance broker, people that you can work with, people that you can trust, because they are experts in their fields. And that allows exactly. you, right, that allows you to go out and take the pictures. That's what you're an expert in. And you let them do the you know support from behind the scenes for you. You know, another thing that's interesting, I don't know if you've experienced any of this, there have been, we've had a lot of lawsuits come in um, where clients sue the photographer under theories of consumer fraud. Have you seen any of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you've got to be really careful. Like I said, you have to, you have to be a legitimate business because if there's so many loopholes that they can get you with. Uh, if you know, since I'm a corporation, so I've I've been you know registered as a corporation since I started, and you know I have all of the insurance that I that I I have you know liability, I have workman's comp, I have all these things. So whatever end of it, I'm I'm covered. I I I'm afraid for people that don't because if that one little loophole could really come back and and take you you know you could lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, somebody yeah, sues you, you you can lose all your personal you know all your personal assets if you're not covered yeah that's right and that's the purpose of setting up yourself as a corporation or an LLC you have to protect yourself because when you go out and you do something even if you try to do a good job and you're not covered and they sue you you could have your personal assets you know in the mix you, you could have a lot of problems so this is all very important for everyone who is thinking about going pro to understand that you've got to do the work on the front end. Don't try to put the money in on the back end because once you've been sued, 
it's too late. You know, it's just too late. Oh, Spe- yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's definitely too late. Plus, depending on, on how that goes, I mean, that can also, once once the word gets out that you are being sued for something, your reputation starts to be dragged through the mud. And and that's not good. Then then things start to uh, things start to deteriorate from there because you know, people think, well, this guy's in a lawsuit. I'm not going to hire him. Right. No. So it's kind of a scary thing. You know, um, moving forward now, one of the other things that I think is so important that people take for granted because this is one of those areas where you you end up going on the internet looking for answers and you download something that might not be appropriate or applicable. Contracts. Now, I would imagine with all of your clients, you're going to have a, con- a written contract in place. Yeah, I'm. I'm very particular. You know, the companies that I work with, there, I usually work with their legal department, and we we come up with a a, a contract that's uh, good for both of us. Right. And that's usually, you know, I mean, I'm very close with my my legal team in the corporate world along with my own attorney and you need to have contracts you need to have contracts to protect your your images and to i mean if you're if i do an ad for somebody and it's you know winds up being you know on a billboard in new york city somewhere uh, you want to make sure that you're you're compensated and and the rules and everything else apply to how that image is being used, where it's going to be used, how many times it can be used, and all those different things. I mean, I'm usually what I usually do is is I I set a licensing agreement, and that what that does is that allows the company to we come up with a, a a plan on what they can use and how much it will be, and then they just go with it and we sign off on it that way so that they don't have to call me every time they want to use it somewhere. It's already been agreed to, which makes so it a little bit easier. Even though you're a photographer, even though you're an artist, you cannot get rid of those lawyers, can you? Absolutely not. No, you can't. <laughs> you have to have lawyers. You really should have an accountant because there's there's a lot of loopholes, things that you can things that you can claim for, you know, the tools of the trade, your cameras. Right. You can you can deduct and depreciate your cameras. You can deduct a portion of your home if you're working out of your home as a as a as an office and so many different things that you need to know. Not just wing it. Don't go to, you know, the tax programs online and try and do it yourself because you're you're shortchanging yourself by doing that. You need to as the old saying goes, you need to surround yourself with good people, competent people that know the other things that you don't. You know? Yeah. I, I don't want someone I don't want someone to tell me how to take pictures and, and they don't want me to tell them how to do the accounting or the or the, the lawyers, you know, don't want me to tell them how to write contracts. So and you're talking about commercial contracts where it's a little bit more um, structured and, and sort of sophisticated. But those people who are going to go out and be wedding or portrait photographers, you know, there's the UCC guidelines, depending upon the state you're in, determines whether or not you as a photographer are selling goods or services. And, and the UCC requires that contracts over 500 be in writing. So, you know, you have to be aware of these things. One thing that, that we received questions on um, for a lot of wedding photographers have this question. What do you think about the failure to perform clause that you often see in some of these um, the portrait photography uh, contracts? So, in other words, failure to perform if something happens and you can't do your job or if 
an SD card or or other you know memory card fails, you're not responsible. What do you think about failure to perform clauses? Well, you know, as I've learned that when you, when you go and photograph a wedding, normally these days there's two people photographing. There's there's a second shooter. Um, also, uh, you need to have back up everything. You need to have a second camera or a third camera. You need to have everything backed up so that you should cover yourself as well as you possibly can for these these things where if a camera cops out and you're say you're you're just doing a wedding for a friend and you have one camera and you have that and it goes down what do you do you're you're in big trouble at that point because now you're at a wedding and you can't complete the job right. so you have to just always have a backup plan and and the best thing to do the two shooter thing having two people at the wedding if something happens and you know you've got a real big problem you get that second person in there and they're covering it for you so there's a lot to be said photography being that it's so uh, it's 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 an opinion i mean it's it basically something i mean i might have a photograph that everybody you know doesn't like i absolutely love it it's that kind of thing too when you take a picture of a bride she may think that you know she doesn't like the shot and everyone else looks at it and like my god you're gorgeous you know it's it can be it can be kind of touchy if she absolutely hates it for some reason and you've got to go with you know they're they're the ones paying the bill so you've got to try and figure out what you're going to do to make them happy you know you, you, that that end is difficult really yeah, is. You, you bring up a, a good point with that what do you or how would you tell someone who is turning pro or even a professional? Obviously, this is, I mean, you said it, this is an objective field. This is art. Art is always objective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you may love, I may hate. You know, right. you know it's just a. So, how do you deal as a photographer with somebody telling you, I don't like this or this isn't a, you know, this is not good work? How do you deal personally with that? Well, Normally, what I try to do is if, if someone is, is absolutely unhappy, I mean, first of all, you should know what, what a good exposure is and what good composition is before you even go in. So that shouldn't be an issue. Composition, exposure, things like that should be a given. They should be correct. They should be right. Um, expressions and unruly children, things like that. You're doing a photo shoot and you're trying to do, a, a say, a mother and daughter or whatever, and the, and the little girl is, is just not cooperating and you're shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting, and it's like it's not going to happen, the only thing you can do is to offer them, you know, uh, another maybe another day to try to make them happy, figure it out. I mean, you're obviously going to take a loss because time is money. But, you know, as a reputation, you, you say, all right, look, you know, maybe she'll have a better day, at, you know, another time. We'll try and do something. Or, I mean, if worse comes to worse and they're really adamant about it, you can offer them a refund. But, the thing is, if you offer them a refund, you're you're admitting that you just can't do the job. In my, my opinion, I mean that's, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't offer a refund unless I really absolutely tried my absolute best to give them something. And normally, I've I've never really failed at something like that. I've always been able to pull that off. Um, however, if you do offer someone a refund, then you have to make it perfectly clear that they're not going to get any pictures. You know, in other words. Because some people will say, I don't like them but they and still don't want to them. pay for them just so they get whatever you took, and they'll just go ahead, and all of a sudden you start seeing them all over Facebook. Yeah, You're like, well, if you didn't like them, then how come they're all over the place? 
You know, so you've got to be kind of careful with that, too, where people are just not trying to take advantage of you. Not that anybody would ever do that. No, no, never. No, you know, no, no, never, never. It's it's so unfortunate, though, because I think what's happened over the years, while the Internet has brought us really great things, uh, I think it also has allowed people to become their own lawyer, uh, sometimes to the detriment of, of businesses and, and other people, because they go online, they start learning their rights, they see these consumer fraud you know claims and see the Consumer Fraud Act and treble damages, and they can get their attorney's fees covered. And so some people, not everybody, but some people, they go at these things with the intention of you know, screwing you over, not paying you, getting what they want, and knowing that they have leverage. And so I think that in that instance, the Internet has hurt businesses, now, not enough to, to criticize it, but I think the customers, consumers have become so savvy with respect to their rights that they use it as a sword often more than they do as a shield. And that's, that's to our detriment, your detriment. Well, I agree. It's it's like it's like going and and getting a wardrobe and then you know having no intentions of actually keeping it, just just using it and then bringing it back to the store when you're done. So people think that they can go get these pictures taken, and if they say they don't like them, they'll have a boatload of pictures that they still have on a disc that they they have at home, and not have to pay for them. So now they've they, you know they've won. They've had their cake and they're eating it and laughing. So. Yeah, you do have to be careful. I think it is a shame, but there are people out there that that are always trying to scam. And and in the photography world, that's it's pretty common because people right away think, well, why do I? Why should I be paying you? You know, whatever to photograph me, and why should you make that much money? Right. You know, it's it's interesting how people. How can you charge that much money? And then it depends. It wouldn't matter whether it's a hundred dollars or whether it's five thousand dollars. It all depends on what that person thinks is a lot of money. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes you'll say, well, yeah, I can shoot. I, mean, I had someone who started a business, and she's actually very, very good, and her work is gorgeous. And somebody said to her one day she was charging, I think, $100 for, for you know, to shoot quite a few images because she was just getting started. And someone said to her, how can you, you know, that's $100. It's a lot of money. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, for the quality of stuff that she was giving them, you know, $100 wasn't very much at that point. But, you know, you're going to get that no matter what. Uh, you're always going to have somebody complaining about something, no matter how good the the work you do and what you think is great and what 90% of the other people think is great. That one person is just not going to be satisfied. So you're always going to have that client, and that that's you're just going to have to pick and choose. I, the nice thing about working for myself is I kind of feel that out. I kind of interview people, and there's plenty of people that I just kind of look at and think to myself, you know, I get that gut feeling that I probably don't want to do this. So I'll usually I usually opt out, you know, and just say, no, you know, I'm, I'm just not not really interested. I just don't think it's going to work out. So yeah, kind of feel that, your clients out I, a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know, talk about that for a second because I think that I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, well, first of all, I had a girlfriend whose mother bought a dress for a funeral wore it with the labels and then wanted me to return it. I'll never forget that. So it's interesting that you bring that point up. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's talk for a second about this idea of screening your clients because when I have dealt with photographers on the legal end, the ones that get into trouble, there was a, there was a gentleman from New York who was um, hired for a destination wedding and he went out 
And the, the client said to him, listen, I know we didn't contract for this, but if you come out an extra two days and take these shots, I'm going to give you, because I, I run a business, I'm going to build your website, I'm going to promote it, I'm going to do the, the, the SEO on it, and that's how we'll, we'll barter. And so that wasn't in writing. And of course, the guy goes out, he pays for himself to fly out there, takes these extra pictures, comes back, and now the guy won't pay him. And, you know, he's in a lawsuit, and this is going on and on. And it seems to me that the people that have lawsuits that don't get paid, the clients, they all come back and they say to me, you know, when the guy hired me, I knew something wasn't right, but I did it anyway. So yeah. talk about the importance of screening clients. Yeah, i got to tell you, it's, it's an old thing going back to the criminal justice days, um, working with, with police officers and stuff. They always said, if you if you have that gut feeling that something's not right, then you should just go with it. And if you get that feeling that about a client that something, no matter what you're talking about, just you still keep getting in the pit of your stomach like, man, it's just not something. Something's not right here. You're probably better off just saying, okay, you know, I think, you know, I'm I'm booked that day. Um, right. You really should. I mean, I screen your clients. There's some people that you can tell by it. The longer you talk to them, the more opinions they may have on something, and you think to yourself, I'm really not going to be able to please them. Not because I can't take a great image and not because I'm not going to be able to do my job. It's Their opinion is going to be far different than mine, and, and I don't think that it's going to work. So it's probably a good idea to really screen your clients and pick and choose. You do work for yourself. You have your own company, so that's yeah, you're you're able to do that. That's one of the greatest things I like about working for myself. I can pick and choose who I work for, which is great. Yeah, you know. Oftentimes people will say, oh, you know, I took this client, I knew that there was something off, but I needed the money, so I took them. And at the end of the day, these people end up losing more money than they ever took in. And so, oh, was, right? Yeah. Have you the seen that happen? It's a two-hour job that turns into a 12-hour job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I've had many of those in my commercial career. Oh, can you just come in and, and grab a few pictures of some product? Oh, sure. Okay. You go in, you set up, and you figure you're going to be there for a few hours and then a skid arrives with more product, and you're just kind of like, well, what's that? Oh, well, as long as you're here, can you just, and then, you know, you're going on and on and on and on. Fine if you're going to get paid for it. If your client says, oh, you know, I realize, you know, I only contracted you for a half a day. Can we just make it a full day? Bill me for it. That's no problem. And then, you know, that's fine. Run with it. But if they're thinking about, you know, um, portrait headshots, uh, corporate headshots are, are typical thing where you go in to take a few headshots, maybe the CEO of a company or something, and then all of a sudden there's five people in the doorway. Right. And they're like, well, as long as you're here, can you just do this? And they want you to just do it because you're there and, and not charge them any more money. Right. So, you know, it, it all depends on how good the client is and whatever, you know, you kind of judge that accordingly. But yeah, I mean, you will get taken advantage of if you're not careful, for sure. You know, so I would, you know. Yeah. The story you just told about the corporate photography, we had a, a company uh, who we were working with, and, and they said, you know, we hired this photographer to do headshots, and the exact same thing happened, where they brought up, like, Benny from the mailroom, and they wanted his picture, and it wasn't part of what they had originally contracted for. And the, the CEO said to me, I just don't understand it. The photographer wouldn't do it. He was there. What would it have taken? Yeah. Another five minutes? Yeah. And they don't yeah. seem to understand <laughs> that your time is valuable, too. Yeah, and when you when you set up a contract to shoot 
you know, people. Now, and when I do, if I do a corporation that, that's been a good client of mine, that's fine. If there's another guy they want to take a picture of, I don't have a problem doing that. But if it's a new client and, and I know that I'm just being taken advantage of, then that's kind of annoying, you know, because they're, especially if they say, well, you know what, you're doing this, you're, you're coming in and doing this, you're saving us a lot of time by doing it in our facility rather than having us go to a studio and do it. So that's great. So you're saving us money. Meanwhile, they're, they're adding up, you know, other people that they can just throw in there where they wouldn't do that if you were shooting it in the studio because they're not going to send other people out of their facility to your facility. But making it easier on them sometimes is, is a detriment for you as far as trying to charge more money. Right. No, it's, it's, it's a battle out there these days with, uh, with corporations and, and different things. I mean, even the biggest corporations are, are all nickel and diming everyone because they have budgets now that are getting cut and everything else. And I can understand that to a certain point, but you know, when you're talking a, a few hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars to do ads or do whatever, it seems like small. It's like chump change. I'm sure that they spend more than that when they go out for dinner somewhere. Right. You no, know, they they yeah. take a, a a client out. They're they're spending more than that. And meanwhile, their national ad they don't want to spend the money on. So, right. Let yeah, me ask you. A, yeah. a lot. A lot of people that are, are not in the corporate uh, photography world, but they're they're in the the private sector and they're doing these portraits and, and um, wedding shoots. A lot of them have come and said, you know, I, I reduced my rate simply because I was working for this doctor. Now they had no prior relationship because I can I can understand giving a break like you just said to a good client, somebody you've worked with before, you know they're going to pay you, and you know you're you're giving them something and you know they're going to give you back in the long run. But if you've never met anybody, or you've never worked with somebody before, and it's a wedding, and they say to you, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a heart surgeon, and I think you're making more money hourly than I am. I think your rate's too high. Would you personally ever reduce your rate for somebody like that? No, I wouldn't. No, if somebody told me that, if some, that, that would be a flat-out guy that I would just tell that he needs to find somewhere else. Um, because I just... When someone says that to you, it's 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 an insult, first of all, because depending on what you're doing, you're photographing, you know, a, a day that that can't be recreated. You're doing you're doing what you do best, and same as what he does best, you know. So he's doing it on a regular basis, and you're you're doing the same type of thing. You have equipment, you have insurance, you have everything else that you have to do. I mean, hey, rates are rates. I mean, depending on who's who. I mean, there's people out there that charge you know, uh, a lot of money, models that charge $5,000 a day to be photographed. I mean, right. so, you know, as, as you know, you, you, it is what it is. You know, you have to go with it. I would be, you know, that, that right there, a bell would go right off on that one. I would be like, yeah, okay, that's definitely going to be somebody that's going to find somebody else to do the job because that would only be ugly uh, as it right. went on. It would probably be you know, worse off as, you, as, the, as the event went on or even after the event when you started telling him how much albums were and how much pictures are and, you know, this, that, and everything else would probably just be terrible. So, yeah, I would do that. You know what I just learned from you? This is, is I think, the most important thing I've learned today. I should have been a model. $5,000 a day. I'm doing the wrong thing. $5,000 a day is is not that So There's plenty out there that are far more than that. Um, I photographed a model that came into Newark Airport on her own plane. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah, you got to love it. But you know, it unfortunately, is it is. I was not blessed with good luck, so it wouldn't work out for me. But that's a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. I mean, just imagine. But you gotta, you gotta run with that. It's like being a ball player. You know, you gotta do it while you still look good, and while yeah. you can still perform. Because after a while, you know, you, that 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 five thousand dollars a day is gonna start going down as your looks start to, uh, as you start to age. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, let's uh, let's let's move along and talk a little bit about, um, you know, a question that everybody has: What can you photograph? So. You you're out there and, and you're doing a lot of landscape and and I've seen a lot of your photos especially um, some of the ones with motorcycles and and it just people have this question what can I photograph out in public and what can I make money off of so somebody's riding a bike or somebody's in a playground or on a park bench and I want to capture that image and sell it can I do that what's this whole deal with invasion of privacy you know can you talk about that a bit. Okay. Well, there's a there's a lot of lot of controversy over that. Uh, if you're doing, say, street photography, you're you're walking around or you're on vacation, you're just taking photographs. Anybody that's in a public place is is okay to photograph. However, it's not okay to sell it and actually make money unless you're selling it to a newspaper or a magazine that is basically using it as a newsworthy event. So if it's newsworthy, you know, someone's on the street, you're telling a little story about it, you're posting it on Facebook, and, and you have something along those lines, that's fine. However, if I take that picture, and I, I've got this really uh, cool shot of a guy on a motorcycle, and that shows up as an ad in a magazine with a corporate name tied to it, and you don't have a release, you're going to get sued. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, so you you need to you need to be careful. If you're photographing things, I do a lot of things uh, where I photograph a lot of different uh, subcultures and a lot of different people. And now, if I were to use any of those images and put a corporate name to it, I would have to compensate, which I would just out of out of general uh, you know respect for someone. I wouldn't photograph them without and use their image to make money unless I compensated them and I, and I got a release signed right uh, but if I'm using those photographs like I do a lot of lectures all over the country and talk about photography and how you can better yourself and, and how you capture life through your lens and all these different things and I use a lot of photographs that I take on the street or people a lot of my my biker friends and and those guys and I'm not making money on that I'm talking about photographs i'm talking about how you can photograph people on the street how you can just approach people and talk to them and ask them if you can have their you know if you can take their photograph and that's all well and good that's really okay but as soon as you tag that and you sell it to actually make a profit from it and it may be printed and published somewhere other than like i said other than like a newspaper as a newsworthy article newsworthy articles seem to be Okay, you can you can take a picture of someone and you can send it to a newspaper and the newspaper can pay you for it and that's fine because it's a it's a newsworthy article it's it's something that you saw on the street happening and you you know you want want to share it that's fine right. it's it's the whole corporate thing um, using it to make money and tagging it with some kind of somebody's logo that can be you know that's definitely an issue you definitely want to get a release from someone like that for sure. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is well, there, there are four types of invasion of privacy, 
and one of them is commercial appropriation of another's name or likeness, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Where oh, absolutely. You yeah. yeah, you take somebody's name or image, you take a shot, and then you're going to sell it. You know, you've got that, and then you've got the other one that's really applicable is uh, intrusion. They call it intrusion upon seclusion, but really it's, you know, you're, you're taking a picture of somebody uh, where they had an expectation of privacy. You know, you're in public. There's no expectation, but you're in your house behind, you know, a, a curtain and you're doing something, then it's a different story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, someone once asked me, uh, how, what do you, do you consider paparazzi, uh, your associates or your friends? And, and, and in my, and I hope I, you know, if, if I offend somebody, I'm sorry, but, but the paparazzi really, that really bothers me because they're constantly invading people's privacy and it, it drives me completely crazy because I, I would be really annoyed if I was sitting in my living room and, you know, my, my curtain was open and all of a sudden I, I saw, you know, 20 photographers outside taking pictures of me sitting in my house. Right. You know, these people, these people that are celebrities and, you know, they, they, those poor people can't go anywhere without someone chasing them down and trying to get pictures of them. If they're out on the street, that's fine. But if they're sunbathing in their backyard and a guy's using a drone to go over their house and take pictures of them while they're on private property, that's a whole other story. Right. Right. And I think that's important because a lot of times to those photographers, there's no art to it. They're just snooping around trying to make money. It's not the same sort of artistic photography that, that you and I are talking about today. Yeah, it's like ambulance chasing. You know, it's that same kind yeah. of thing. Um, uh, it's it's all about selling the image. They could care less about the people involved, and they could care less about, you know, who they who they hurt or whatever. It's, as long as they're making a dollar out of it, it's, it's, it's what it is. That Yeah, that to me, that's a whole other side of the, the photography world that I, I just stay away from. Uh, right. Not a big fan of that at all. All right, now let's talk about uh, protecting your image. You mentioned it earlier. Let's talk about how you go about protecting your image beyond your contract. Uh, there's questions about copyright and, and, you know, what do you copyright, what do you not, when does copyright start? What's your feeling on copyright? And before you answer that, let me just add this one caveat. When you generally write something or take a picture, that's copyright protected because you are the creator of that work. However, there's a difference between being able to sue somebody for damages and sue somebody for an injunction, which is to make them stop doing something. And that, that key is whether or not you registered your uh, either your writing or your photograph with the copyright office. Because if you don't, then... You can't sue for damages, but then there's a fee associated with filing or registering something with the trademark office or the copyright office. So how, Rick, how do you approach that? Because you'd go broke trying to copyright and file everything with the copyright office. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've, I, honestly, I've, I've never registered an image with the copyright office because, you know, I mean, I have contracts ahead of time and, and the other images that I do have that I'll share on social media and things for educational values and stuff. Um, I've never really had a problem. I've had people you know, share images or ask me if they could use an image as a, a profile picture or something like that. But uh, I've never wound up with an image that wound up in an ad somewhere. That would that would annoy me. And that would be a battle because you have to prove that it's yours and it wasn't registered with the copyright you know agency right. and that stuff. But the uh, the whole copyright thing, uh, I I. The copyright watermark, uh, we'll get into that a little bit, 
I don't watermark anything. Uh, I noticed that one of the one of the questions that I had that you had sent me was about watermarking and, and one of the one of the guys said that he he didn't watermark his images and he was catching a lot of flack from other photographers and he did mention that you know it's pretty pretty easy to take a watermark off a picture with photoshop i mean right. you can you can go in and you can clone things out so watermarking your picture for me it's just a distraction i put a watermark on it if somebody really wants to steal it they're just going to take it and they're going to steal it anyway right. so watermarking to me is just an extra an extra burden. Uh, some people love to see their name on the picture, so a lot of people will watermark everything. I see terrible pictures with watermarks, so I mean, it is what it is. I mean, as far as watermarking, it's watermarking is not going to protect your image. If you think that it is, it's it's just not going to. You put the watermark across the middle of the image, unless it's some stunningly spectacular image that you think some stock agency is going to steal and, and try right. to sell a million copies of. I think you're wasting your time. Um, I put a copyright, you know, a little a little blurb underneath my image saying that it's copyrighted. Now I know a lot of other photographers that do the same thing. A lot of guys that are that are shooting, you know, covers of Newsweek and things. They they just write uh, a little copyright on the bottom. And most people think, okay, well, I'm I'm not going to try and steal their work. You know, so maybe I'll ask them for a copy or whatever. If they're putting it on Facebook, more than likely they're they're okay with you taking a copy of it and. You know, doing whatever. It's low resolution. You're not going to be able to make a big print out of it or anything. So it's just going to be shared somewhere. But thinking that watermarking your images uh, is going to protect you from people stealing them, I, I don't think that's going to work out. But uh, again, when you copyright your image, if you're thinking about actually legally copywriting your image, I guess I would do that if I was Steve McCurry and I had the image on National Geographic of the Afghan girl. Right. Yeah. But then yeah. again, if somebody if somebody takes that image and tries to say that it was their own, good luck on that. You know, they exactly. got Nat Geo behind them, and that you know. So depending on where it is and what it is, uh, you're not going to have you know that issue. And and again, uh, you've got the WPP. A WPPI is a, is a wedding photographer, an international wedding photographer association that that helps protect and and guide wedding photographers and you have professional photographers of america they work in conjunction with wppi and then the national uh, professional profession uh, press photographer association they do the same thing so they have that legal team so they're going to help you protect your rights as well because once you post that you've sent them a picture it's on their site somewhere and all of a sudden it appears somewhere else and the person says they took it um it's you know it's interesting yeah. I actually had a picture of uh, I had a picture of Oliver Stone, uh, Michael Mann, and Baz Luhrmann, uh, three big Hollywood directors. A uh, shot that I took, it appeared in the L.A. Times, and it appeared with someone else's name on the bottom as the photographer. Wow. Um, and the the other photographer was 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 with me on the on the job, but was not in the room when I took the picture. So he evidently got a hold of the picture from the the agency. And then they posted it in uh, the L.A. Times, and it had his name on it. So you know, I made a phone call, and, and that, that got changed pretty quick. Um, they made an apology because you know, they said it was a mix-up. It wasn't a mix-up. It was just the fact that he thought it would be a good idea to stick a picture in there. And, you know, right. Yeah. It, wasn't the end of the, it wasn't the end of the world, but it was, it was straightened out. It was straightened out by the, the client, and the client happened to be you know, a, big, a big agency that – you know, cleared it up right away. 
So those kinds of things, you know, you, you kind of have to look for. But protecting your images, you know, you do what you can, and hopefully, you know, the, you don't have somebody stealing. Right, and if you do this recourse, I mean, I would advise anybody who takes a picture of me, make sure you file it with the, the copyright office because I'm a highly prized subject, just in case you do. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? Something. Yeah, yeah, like you said, you will go broke doing that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've I've got hundreds of thousands of images um, that you know, if, if I had copyrighted all that stuff, I would be I'd be broke for sure. Yeah. You're looking at 300 plus a shot for what you're filing. And, you know, while if you don't file it, you can't sue for damages, I think that most photographers that I've spoken to, they're content, unless it's something like, you know, the the Afghan girl that we mentioned, they're content having it, it, it stopped, you know. Exactly, it's, yeah, yeah. If somebody shows up and all of a sudden your image is on, a, on an ad somewhere, you call and say, you know, cease and desist. Enough yeah. is enough, you know, and yeah. that's that. And because it's just, yeah, that's just... Usually, when that's brought to somebody's attention, it was usually uh, it usually was a mistake. It was usually sold to them by somebody else who was not exactly reputable, and they realize it at that point, and they're like, "Uh oh, so I better clear this up because they don't want the press." Most big right. companies don't want bad press, you know. So if you start making waves, they'll they'll correct it pretty quickly. Yeah, that's that's absolutely good advice. Um, so I'd like to uh, talk about uh, just thank Bob of State New York. Uh, who submitted the question about the watermark, and I think that, that you know, really that kind of clears that up because you know, there are things you can do. The one thing you briefly touched on was was posting pictures on Facebook, and I think people have to understand that with social media today, once you put something out there, that thing is going to go wherever it goes. You have no control over it once it's up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So you have to yeah, be careful. Yeah. You don't want it shared. Don't put it on social media. Well, that that's a that's a... That's a great thing to say because it's it's just people just don't get a lot of people don't get social media. We're talking about the internet. We're talking about something once it's posted, even if you take it down after you post it, it's already gone to several other places that you can't get to to take it down. So it's gone. It's out there. So if you're you know all the people that post bad pictures and think that. Oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. Well, man, right. that's too late. You got to really think about that ahead of time. You don't want to put something on Facebook or Twitter or any of these social media networks that you don't want to go crazy. I mean, it can go viral. It can go, you know, all of a sudden that bad picture of you or, or whatever can be all over the place. Right. And then you're stuck because you're not getting it back. That's for no, sure. Absolutely not. You know, one, one other interesting thing that I saw recently, um, we talked, you mentioned stock photography a second ago, and there is a law firm, I can't remember what state they're in, but they use stock photography that they didn't pay for because, you know, you go on something like Google Images and you can find tons of stock images um, and they, they use these stock photos and they were sued by the stock photo company because they hadn't properly licensed them. So that's another thing that I think that people who are looking for great photos, I think it often makes sense to, if you're going to use a stock photo place, you've got to obviously do things the right way. But if you're looking for a unique photo, go to a photographer and get it done because you can't steal images from the Internet without possible repercussions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and people that think they're saving by doing that, a lot of times I'll have to go and photograph a product. They're going to use a stock.
stock photo of someone that, say, holding a radio or something in their hand, a laptop. So they want me to photograph the laptop or whatever in that same angle so that they can just drop that laptop into the actual photograph with the model. Right. Um, sometimes that works, and sometimes it just looks like a Photoshop mess. So, you know, it's it's better to actually have an original photograph and, and do it right. I mean, back in the day, we just, you know, we just always just did the original photograph. I mean, if you can use a stock shot, if it's for something simple and you need to save money, that's fine. But I think it's better to own your own image and create it to, you know, what you're looking to do rather than trying to... I mean, a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll spend hours and hours and hours in Photoshop trying to make it work. If by that time, they could have paid for the picture. Yeah, exactly. You know, it would have been easier just to have the regular had it done right the first in you know, the first time, and it would be over with. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting how people think that they're saving, but they're not really because of the amount of post production that they put into it, and they have someone on staff working on that. That's you know, spending hours to try and create something that we could have photographed and would have been done right off the bat and sent, you know, put in the image right away. Right, right. Now, you know, at the beginning of the show, uh, we talked about um, a special opportunity for veterans, and you mentioned um, the idea of have, of not just making this a money-making um, sort of, of of either business or hobby, whatever you're going to be, whether you're amateur or pro, but there's an importance, you know, I, I call it social responsibility, corporate social responsibility. There's there's a value in being able to give back to the community, to others, because we're in positions where we can. We have knowledge or skill or experience, and we give back. Let's talk a little bit about the importance for you of giving back, and then let's talk a little bit about uh, the project that you're involved with, with the vets. You know, it's interesting because photography, most people think of photography as, you know, you just go out and you take pictures. And you don't really think of it as being able to share it with someone that could actually make a difference in their life. Um, I've been involved with several different things. Um, uh, I've done some workshops for uh, women with breast cancer, kids with autism, um, uh, the Veterans Association, uh, kids at risk, that were, uh, you know, could could have issues if, if they didn't, you know, get something to focus on. And photography, surprisingly enough, uh, depending on, on, you know, how you approach it, some kids really and some adults uh, really get into it to where they're in a zone when they start creating photographs and they start understanding how they can make the background blurry or how they can create a waterfall to make it look nice and soft and smooth instead of just a regular capture. Um, and it does make a big difference. It makes a difference in a lot of people's lives. Uh, the, the, the workshop I did for uh, breast cancer survivors um, was, uh, it was out of New York. And it was wonderful. And these women, they were, they were sort of, you know, a little apprehensive, first of all, um, and then we started to get into it and started showing them different things. And we did a couple of field trips and we did some, did some portrait shoots and I had them photograph each other with, you know, with a couple of my cameras and, and they came out with some stunning images. I mean, they were just fantastic. I was, I was so proud and I didn't take them, you know, so right. it was that kind of thing, but they weren't thinking about their illness. They weren't thinking about any disability that they may have. And, and this holds true with, with just about anything. I mean, I'm in a zone when I'm taking photographs, and 
And when I transmit that energy to people that have other things going on in their lives, it seems to take them out of that for a while. So they're not thinking about their their problems, whether it's, you know, uh, a, a cancer problem or whether it's a disability from uh, a war injury. Uh, they're kind of in a zone, and it's 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 fun. I, I enjoy that a lot, and I, I try to get involved in as many things as I possibly can to help people out, help, help them understand how they can go out and they can have fun with their camera, not just create pictures, but just go out and enjoy themselves and put themselves in a, in a zone for a while and kind of forget about the other things they have going on in their lives. So it's kind of cool. I think um, it's really important. Well, yeah, I think yeah, go it's ahead. So, because, you know, people, they do this because they want to make money. And, and I understand that. Everybody needs to make a living. But, you know, it's something special about people that are willing to give back because, I mean, for you, how does it make you feel when you, you've helped somebody like this because, you know, you've given them information or knowledge or, or kind of helped them find a path? I mean, how do, how do you feel personally about that? Do you feel... I think it's great. I mean, the first the first thing that I, I mean, I, I've been teaching photography classes for a while and workshops and photo walks and things like that. Then I got involved with uh, with uh, working with some autistic kids and um, and some of the kids were you know a little apprehensive and didn't really want to get involved. And and as time went on, I mean, I wound up getting kids that were were normally just not really uh, not really involved in anything that anybody was doing to to start taking pictures that were just amazing. And it made me just, I was thrilled. I, I thought it was just, it was just a great thing. Kids were taking pictures. One kid, in, for instance, took a picture and showed it to me. And I looked at it and I said, hey, how did you do that? And he's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> and and I, I was like, what do you mean you can't tell me? He's like, ah, no, it's a secret. You know? And I followed him around. And what he had done was he had taken the picture using his, his eyeglasses, which happened to be bifocals. And he held that up against the lens, and he took a picture through his glasses, which threw one part of the picture out of focus and the other part in. And it wow. was a crazy, really cool photograph. Now, none of us would have ever thought of that. Right. And this kid, right away, I mean, this kid, and he was one of the kids that, that wasn't, you know, wasn't one of the ones that jumped up and ran up and wanted to get a hold of a camera. So now he's out there, and he was creating these images that were awesome. So I mean, it's it's interesting how how it can it can change somebody's way of thinking, and they they start having a good time, and they're completely. I say it, they're just in a zone. They're in that photo zone. They're just doing their thing. They're looking through the camera, and they're creating things, and they're and they're having fun. And it makes me I, I feel great about it. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's a kid at risk who who may wind up in trouble, or you know, uh, I work with them as well, and and. And handing them a camera at first, they're kind of like it's not cool, you know. Yeah. But then, once once they realized that it was kind of kind of cool, I started showing some of the images that I have of, of some of the, you know, little hardcore stuff that I shoot, some of the biker stuff, and some of the guys that are you know a little rough looking guys. They're kind of like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. That's that's an, that's a whole other side of things. I didn't think about that. I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's photographing flowers. No, right. I want to be a, I want to be a tough guy with a camera. So hey, I can do that too. You know, so it's pretty cool. So it's uh, I'm 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 excited about it. I you know I, I the more I do the the more excited I get. It's just a it's a whole different world when you start exploring that that whole giving back thing and see who who really enjoys working with a camera compared to you know just 
not really having a. I mean, it's a, and it can be a really cheap hobby. You can get a you can get a digital camera, you know, for not a lot of money, and you can take all the pictures you want, and they're all free. You know, they're yeah. all you know they're you can just keep shooting on that an SD card and just keep going. You don't have to worry about spending the money like we did in film. You know, every time you right. shot a roll of film, you were you were counting the pictures because you didn't want to waste the money. Right. You know, I so. think that you know you talk about changing people's lives with giving back, but I think giving back also changes our lives. The people that give back, you know, it really is so fulfilling. And I think that I think people that are interested in pursuing a career in anything, those of you who download or listen live to this program, I think you need to look at the importance of giving back because to be able to help our community instead of just take away from people, I think is something that we should be doing. And you know, I, I think it's really important. So. I think everybody should focus on that a little bit in their business. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up for you this weekend, isn't it, the Veterans uh, Project? Oh, yeah, it actually is. It's on Saturday. Uh, yeah, uh, Josephine Herrick Project is uh, is something that Josephine Herrick started in uh, World War II, helping the veterans in VA hospitals and different things by showing them photography and going in and actually creating some dark rooms uh she actually created a dark room right over one of the uh one of the soldiers beds so that he could actually make make photographs and and you know learn how to do things right then and there mm-hmm. so what they're doing is uh Josephine Herrick obviously has passed but we're carrying on her tradition and we're providing a, a free workshop it's it's 8 weeks and it's it's at Unique Photo in Fairfield, New Jersey. It's free to a veteran, and we're going to just start out with teaching them how to uh, use cameras and how what the camera effects are. And all of a sudden, we have cameras that were donated by Canon, so we're having all the same cameras. So we're all going to be using the same camera to to create these images. And it's completely free. There's you know we're not trying to sell anything to anybody. It's just something we're going to just go in and we're going to have fun with. And there's uh, you know, uh, several different instructors that are going to be there, other photographers, and it's just it's just fun. It's it's going to be a good time. You know, if nothing else, you get free coffee and donuts. <laughs> you know, and uh, I know the veterans will like that. I mean, not me, my you know, I, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the donuts. I'm going to bring them so I, I can get the kind I like. That's, um, that's, that's but, the way uh, to do it. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. But it's it's a great program, and it's it's. Josephine Herrick does a lot. I mean, if you look up Josephine Herrick Project online, you can see all the other things they're involved in. They're involved in with kids at risk, kids with autism, uh, a lot of veterans projects in the VA hospitals as well. Uh, it's a really, really worthwhile thing. And they have an auction coming up uh, where they're they're having a, a gallery in New York City, and they're having an auction. They're auctioning off some photographs from from different photographers uh, around the country. Uh, for profit for the uh, donating to the uh, veterans funds, so right. it's, it's actually very it's a very very worthwhile project. It's lots of fun. I got involved with them uh, probably about was six or seven years ago, um, and it's just it's just going further and further. It's getting better and better. Uh, they're doing much much more now than they have been. They're a lot more organized. Uh, Matt Sweetwood from uh, Unique Photo got involved and. Uh, Jackie Augustine, who's these are all people that are very prominent in the photo in the photographic field. Um, there's a, a an organization out there called the PMDA. It's the Photo Manufacturers and Distributors Association, and they are 
pretty much everyone who has anything to do with photography, creating photography. So it's it's all the name the name brand cameras. It's Microsoft. It's it's Hewlett Packard. It's Epson. It's everybody, you know. And they all get together and they all have one common goal, and that is to try and help out, you know, people that are are interested in photography. And it's pretty cool. So we do another thing called Portraits of Love, and I'm involved with that. Uh, a friend of mine, John Bentham, and I, uh, we do portraits every year for deployed military at, at a base. And we put those up on Shutterfly, and it, that's sponsored by the PMDA. So right. it's great. It's, it's it's a lot of cool things, and it's it's a really interesting thing to be able to be involved in. And, again, if you're if you're thinking about photography, there's a lot more to it than just taking pictures. You, there's a lot more you can do to, to give back, and there's a lot of, you know, it's, you get a lot of enjoyment out of taking your own pictures, but you also get a lot of enjoyment out of helping other people. So it's, it's yeah, That's really true. Um, it's Rick, pretty cool. Uh, let's just talk one second uh, about how people can contact you. Give us your, your email, your sites, whatever you want to give out. I know you're an instructor at Unique. If people want to talk to you or learn more about you or hire you or, or whatever, how can they get in contact with you? Actually, I have so many different things. The easiest thing to do is just to Google Rick Garrity. Right, and that's if you do that, then, then... Yeah, so if you Google Rick Garrity, all my information comes up. You get an idea of what I'm involved in. Uh, there's a whole slew of stuff out there that, that kind of tells you different projects that I'm involved in. And it will also give you all my contact information uh, Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, everything is is out there. It's it's easier probably to do that than it is to. And my email address is rick at rickgarity dot com. All right, and you know so for those of you who are interested in perhaps taking a class with Rick, if you go over to uniquephoto dot com, um, there's a list of courses, and I, I believe that they list the instructors as well. So they do, interested. yeah, yeah. They have a whole bunch of the Michael Downey is the head instructor at Unique. I'm I'm a you know an outside contractor. I come in and I teach classes there. I, I do uh, occasionally I do one-on-one classes. So if people want to just sit down with me and and go over their cameras and and learn how to do different things. I I do that as well. But I do actually I do a lot of traveling for my own my own business. So um, it's kind of hit or miss at Unique. But you can you can get a hold of me uh, through Unique, or you can get a hold of me at Rick at RickGarity.com. And everybody feel free to email me. You know, any questions you may have, too, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, respond to anything. I'm usually pretty good about responding to emails. Well, Rick, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think you gave some really tremendous information for people just interested in photography, whether it's amateur or pro, and I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, but um, I, I think that, that a lot of people are going to have a lot of comments and questions after listening to this, and I really want to thank you for being on today. Oh, my pleasure. It was a, it was great. I, I, I hope I, I shed a little bit of light onto the subject, and I'd be more than happy to, you know, to come back and and field any other questions you may have to the, the best of my ability. And if I'm sure if I can't figure it out, I can, I'll find somebody who can. Well, we'll make it up. Okay, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure what's going to happen is is with all of these shows, we end up getting a lot of questions and. So I really appreciate you being willing to come back on. We were able to get through, even though I was unable to uh, sort of give credit to all the, the people who asked the questions, you know, you managed to go through all the answers in the course of our discussion. But I do appreciate you offering to come back. And what we'll do is we'll compile all the questions 
and we'll have you back on again. Yeah, that would be great. I would really like that. Thank you very much, Peter. Rick, thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we just had Rick Garrity, professional photographer, on. Uh, really, really nice guy, professional. Uh, look at his images. Go check out his website. Just him up. It's Rick Garrity, G-E-R-R-I-T-Y. Just Google him. You'll find all of his contact information. Uh, he, he really is a, a top-notch photographer, not just in his ability with the camera, but in what he does beyond photography, the giving back, his understanding of how to run a photography business. So really, for those of you who are interested in getting some additional information, checking, making sure you're doing the right things, give him a call, give him, you know, send him an email, uh, look him up on social media because he's really a very, very kind individual and uh, an excellent photographer. And we are very happy to have had him on today. And just like I said, we're going to compile those questions that come in after the show and we'll have him back on to try to get through those questions. Uh, I just want to remind everybody next Monday, it is Columbus Day, but we will be on doing our weekly week in review, myself and Bob Hughes, my co-host. So uh, tune in Monday, 10 a.m. for that, and then we'll be back on uh, during the week with some of our other programs. But next Thursday, we're going to have celebrity chef Fabio Viviani on, and pay attention to this this coming week. Because the show is live Thursday the 16th, but throughout this coming week, we're going to be explaining how you can win an autographed book, an autographed cookbook. The book isn't even out in stores yet, but uh, Fabio has been kind enough to give us a copy of that book, and we're going to be uh, giving it away. I'm going to give you a quick sneak peek at, at how you have to enter. Submit a question. Submit a question through our social media networks through email, however you want to get us the question. Submit the question, give us your name, and you will automatically be entered into a drawing to see who is going to win that autographed book next week. We're going to give it away live on air with Fabio, so make sure you tune in. Uh, if you can't tune in, download the episode later, but in any event, if you are the name that's picked, we will contact you and get the book to you. But it's very exciting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I don't know who doesn't know, Fabio is, uh, again, a celebrity chef. He, he really uh, became very popular on the cooking uh, contest show Top Chef, which is on Bravo. And he's been um, all over the place. He's got a line of cookware coming out in, uh, or already out, being sold in Bed Bath & Beyond and stores nationwide. He's an author. He is a, a restaurateur. So we're very excited to have him on next week. Uh, so tune in for that. Make sure you pay attention to our social media in the next next few days. Join us Monday for Week in Review. And one final thank you again to Rick Garrity. It was really, really informative. I think you can take away so much about the business of photography. Uh, one of our best interviews with, uh, with a professional photographer. I think he really, really has nailed all of those points that you guys need to be focusing on if you're going to be a pro photographer. So I'd like to thank him again. Thank you all for listening, for downloading. Remember, make sure that you give us your feedback. It's the only way that we know whether or not you are happy with the content and the guests. It's the only way we know how we can better provide content for you that you find very useful. So thank you again. I will see you next week. Remember that there's power in understanding the law.